Welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello, and with me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing good. Uh, Tonight's a fun show. We're going to talk to everybody and decide what is the best time to visit Walt Disney World? A question as a travel specialist, I'm sure you get constantly. So I'll ask the question that everybody asks you. Sandy, what's the best time to visit Walt Disney World? Every day you can possibly go (laughs) is the best day. That's a fair answer. That's an answer you and I would have, but I don't know if it's the right answer for everybody. But I'll, uh, I'll answer you the way that I answer the clients that call us about it. And I always ask, like we've talked about in other shows, the best for what? What does best mean to you? Are you looking for the best time for the weather to be great, for the low crowds, for the prices to be low, for the hours to be long? Maybe you're looking for the hours to be short. Maybe you love festivals or arts or different things. So there's so many answers to how to find the best time. But in reality, whenever you go, you're going to have the best time. Definitely. So when we looked at how we were going to talk about it, we thought the best way to maybe do it was to just take a a linear approach, right? Start at the beginning of the year, kind of go all the way through. Is that how you still would like to do it? Would you like to start with January? I think that's perfect. I'll just give one caveat before we start with the year and say that if crowds are your thing that you're looking at, keep in mind whenever schools are out, crowds go up. So Christmas week, Easter week, summer vacation. And no, we don't all have the summer vacation that's identical, but everybody's off, you know, end of June through beginning of August. And we're even going to give you as we go through the months what I call some fake holidays in Disney that are only known to parts of the country. And if you're not from that part of the country, you could show up on a super crowded week and have no idea that it was even happening. January. Let's kick it off at the beginning of the year. January is one of my favorite times to go, mostly because of the weather. But uh, tell us why we should go in January. And weather for January is hit or miss. I've done January more times than I can count. And some years it's gorgeous. It's like being in New Jersey in the spring. I can be out in a t-shirt. It's 70s and 80s and I'm loving it. Some Januaries, I'm in a coat. Um, I love January because it's cheap. It's value pricing. It's a low cost and low crowds. As long as you skip New Year's, depending whether that falls on the weekdays or the weekends, by the second or the third, everybody's going back home and back to work. So you've got low crowds. The crowds are actually so low in January. We know that when crowds are low, Disney loves to find something extra to bring people in. And a couple of years ago, they added Epcot Festival of the Arts that occurs in January that I love. Lots of extra vendors, extra workshops. I've done origami flower making. I've done bento box making, lots of fun add-on courses you can do, extra things within the park. So that is a great add-on. I do caution people there are two weekends to avoid in January. We've got the original Walt Disney World Marathon weekend as well as Martin Luther King weekend. Now you say avoid them, but if you're a runner, that might be a weekend that you're that you're targeting too. So reach out to your specialist if you are interested in something like that too. Because there's a lot of things I should, there. I should preface what avoid means or clarify <laughs> what avoid means. Um, 
those are going to be times where crowds are going to go up and prices are going to go up. So if you're looking again, price conscious, those are peak weekends. If you're going, like Jeff said, you are a runner or you want to sneak away for a couple's weekend without taking a day off of work, but you want that three-day weekend, Martin Luther King is a great way to go. Okay, cool. Uh, February. So one other thing when you're looking at February or January, even December, is consider where you're coming from and what the weather is like where you are. I'm from the Northeast, as we've said. I can tell you that there's nothing better for me than finding out that my flight home from Orlando has been canceled because there's snow back home. Somebody (laughs) else gets to shovel my driveway. I get an extra day in the sunshine. That doesn't work for everybody to always have that extra day or two in the sunshine. You're going to incur some extra costs with the resorts but and need that extra time off of work, but that's a great thing. What's not so great is when I'm sitting in New Jersey and I get that notification that my flight isn't going to go to Orlando on time because of the snow and I'm going to miss day one of my vacation. So again, when is best for you? Does weather influence you? If you get that notification that your flight is going to be delayed by a whole day, can you easily add that day on the end? Some people have great flexibility and can do it. Others can't. Um, So February, we've obviously got Valentine's Day, which is just fun to have a date night if you're in Disney. That Festival of the Arts that we talked about continues. President's Day. So again, a long weekend opportunity, but a higher cost. Kids are out of school. Some people have that as a full week break. And it's another great marathon month, the princess marathon or half marathon. If you're not up to running that 26.2 is an option. The other thing to know about marathon weekends, they sell out very, very far in advance, usually pretty close to when they are put on sale, sometimes within hours. But the one thing that you can get for a couple of months usually is they have 5K and kids races. So if you're doing a family trip, marathon weekends are a lot of fun, especially if mom or dad are a serious marathoner and you've got a little one who always wants to run with you, you can do one of the family fun runs too. So we're, we're leaving the, the winter months, hopefully, if it's a good year, and we're heading into the beginning of spring, even though sometimes March we do get some snow. Uh, talk to us about March. Epcot is really a festival center. So it goes right from Festival of the Arts is going to close down in February. And um, 2020, the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival started March 3rd. So super early in the month. And Flower and Garden Festival is an awesome one. They do such amazing things with these festivals. Again, they bring in lots of extra vendors, workshops. Maybe you want to learn to do flower arranging. Maybe you are thinking of making topiaries. You can take a workshop on that. Lots of things on gardening and seeds and planting. Two things that I particularly love about this festival, they've got free concerts every night, the Garden Rocks concerts over in the American Pavilion. So three times a night, free music. You don't need a reservation. There is no extra cost. You can get preferred seating if you book it as part of a dining package. But lots of seats in the theater itself. And if you're familiar with that theater, it's an open air theater. So even if you can't get in or you don't want to watch the whole concert and you're just strolling the promenade in Epcot, it's nice to have that extra music. The other thing we love to do is a topiary hunt. Disney has topiaries 
all year long. But typically for Flower and Garden Festival, they bring in 20 to 30 extra topiaries. These tend to be more intricate. They're not just your Bambi made out of greenery. You've got the greenery, but then Bambi's face is done in all colors with different floral and things. So you'll find them all over the park and a great extra. I will say as somebody who grew up with a a family business dealing with plants, it's really unbelievable. And I've seen some beautiful things, but if you are interested in seeing how people can manipulate nature to look in a very, very specific way and tell a story, the Flower and Garden Festival in Epcot is just outstanding. It's definitely a time to go. It continuing into April, right? I mean, it starts in March, but it continues into April. It continues into April. And the other variable from March to April is when does Easter fall each year? Some years it's going to be March. Some years it's going to be April. Again, that's something that brings crowds. But for a lot of people, Easter does tie into your school vacation. So we have a lot of families who often end up there on Easter. You can usually meet the Easter Bunny in Magic Kingdom that weekend. He's not there for a very long time. Um, They do some special Easter dinners, Easter brunches. They typically are not available when the traditional dining window opens. The Easter menu and Easter activities at the resort tend to be a last-minute add-on. The dinners, somewhere between 30 and 45 days out. The resort activities, quite frankly... You'll need to check with your resort when you get there. They're often introduced about 48 hours out. One of the things they started this year that I also think is a lot of fun is several of the resorts started Easter egg contests among the cast that work there. And so housekeeping would make a giant egg and theme it somehow and maintenance made an egg and the front desk staff. And they were like three foot tall eggs that all had different themes to them, super intricate, and they allowed all the people visiting to vote on their favorite and then did a prize for that department. So just a little extra fun at the resorts. That's kind of cool. Again, in April, we have another run Disney event, uh, the Star Wars Rival Weekend. And you and I have talked, we are definitely overdue for an episode about the run weekends. As you can tell, There are so many run options, and each one, just so everybody's clear, as I was saying, a typical run weekend will have four different, three or four different events to it, so it's not unusual for there to be runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you're a runner, maybe you're all used to this. It's a little shocking to me, the extra early time that these things start, and that you need to be at the start line. Because the runs do go through the theme park and they don't want to have obstacles in your way or have to close the theme park for guests. So you're running through these parks at 6 and 7 and 8 a.m. Generally, most guests won't find a big difference in getting to the parks. You'll be surprised. Maybe you're in the resort lobby and you see a sign that, you know, breakfast is being served at three o'clock in the morning because that's when the runners are getting on the bus for the start line. Mm-hmm. But besides the extra crowd, you'll see pretty minimal impact on you as a regular guest in the park. One of the days that is uh, very special to a, to a park in Walt Disney World is Earth Day, which falls in April. And that is always a day to have some amazing things in Disney. Again, it's one of those last-minute celebrations. But if you're looking, if you're 
a naturalist and you're looking to see some of the great things they do, it's a day that they have extra stuff. It's also typically a day, if you're like Jeff and I and you're a Disney geek, you often find Joe Odie in the park on Earth Day. So if you've been looking for that Imagineer that's known for that oversized earring that he wears, that's typically a day that you can find him roaming. If he's, if he's posting stuff on Instagram, you might be able to follow him too. It's a pretty good follow on Instagram. Um, <laughs> let's, let's head into May. Right now, now the weather's getting definitely hot, especially in Florida. Uh, flower and garden still continuing, ending in May. Um, but the weather's starting, like I said, starting to get warm. So why May? So again, I think for everybody, it really depends what you love. You know, I have people in my family that 60 is the perfect temperature for them. That's not me. I'm definitely a high 70s, low 80s girl. So everybody's a little bit different. I love May because I know I'm not going to have travel issues out of the Northeast. Pretty slim chance of a snowstorm impacting my trip in May. And it's nice for us. We sometimes will get that May trip in before the summer crazies hit. Maybe you've got kids that are going off to sleep away camp or a child that's older who's a camp counselor, it's a great time to go. It's also a time where you'll find that a lot of people are doing trips with college grads because May is when those schools are getting out. So you can catch the end of Flower and Garden, treat mom, do Mother's Day in Disney. Nothing better for mom than several days in a row where she isn't cooking any meals or making any beds. So that's always a win. And again, similar to Easter, we'll find some Mother's Day brunches, but they are typically offered much closer to Mother's Day than planned pretty far in advance. What's the reason to go in June? I mean, it's got to start to get crowded in June, correct? It starts to get crowded. It starts to get warm. You know, when we talk about when is best for you, You know, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending your view on things, life gets super busy for people. And for some people, it's, you know, their accountants in the family and tax season is over and they can't pull their kids out of school and their kids start back for sports. Sometimes the best time to go for you is the only five to eight days in a row you can find on your calendar. Um, But June is also a celebration time. We've got a lot of people who do graduation trips in June. You can definitely buy Mickey graduation years. And of course, not that there's a shortage of it all year long, but June is wedding season. So you might catch a bride. We've talked about, we did a bridal show and talked about the wedding pavilion. It's definitely hopping in June. Most of the deluxe resorts, you'll see there's bridal shoots. You can catch a bride in a garden getting pictures Um, maybe you're lucky and you have somebody who's a friend or a family member who's getting married in Disney and you're there yourself. One of the other things you'll find in June is longer park hours. And that's going to happen for two reasons. Park hours are dictated by a couple of things. One of the things is definitely what time is sunset. Parks often have incredible fireworks at night and we know that fireworks can happen in the daylight. So in January, fireworks are happening earlier than they're happening in June. So June is going to have some later park hours. Disney really works hard to make sure that every guest is going to be able to get on the same number of rides. So sometimes those longer hours are accounting for things like sunset and doing fireworks. And sometimes they're accounting for crowds so that you can still get a set number of rides in a day. So the People that longer hours often also work for, 
are those that like to sleep in. So typically teenagers, parents, you're not getting to the park till 11 or 12 or maybe even one if your group is really slow to rally in the morning. So you love that the park is open till 9, 10, 11, even sometimes with extra magic hours, midnight, one in the morning. That's great for those that are getting a late start. Okay, so July, right? It'll be a tribute to all countries, but mostly America, right? That's the reason to go, obviously, in July. It is, and I'm going to give away a little secret here. Fourth of July, the parks get very crowded. Um, Also, July 3rd, they do special Fourth of July fireworks, the third and the fourth. So if you're a regular and you want that set of fireworks you haven't seen, Typically, Magic Kingdom, as well as Disney's Hollywood Studios, have special Celebration of America fireworks. You're going to want to see them. It's a glorious three-hour finale. (laughs) (laughs) Both for Fourth of July and New Year's Eve, one of my favorite spots to watch the fireworks, if it's timed right and you'll need to check with your agent or check out the Times Guide, is to actually be on the boardwalk. If the fireworks are going off in multiple time, multiple parks at the same time, you can be standing on the boardwalk and see the fireworks from Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, and Epcot in that kind of three-quarter surround all at the same time. So spectacular. And obviously, if you're staying at Boardwalk or Beach Club, super easy to get back to your room without a crowd. Yeah, that's not bad. All right, so August um, is is a cool time. I've been there a couple of times. It's cool not in temperature, but cool is a lot of fun things going on. It is definitely not a cool time in temperature. <laughs> no, okay. That's but fair. August is a little funny in that it's already Halloween in Disney, if we're talking late August. And if your kids aren't back to school, because parts of the country are back to school, and we know as parents, we don't want to pull our kids from school for week one or week two. Again, Disney pricing has to do with who's in school. So late August, early September is going to be a great time for discounts and good hotels. And if you can deal with Halloween before your kids go back to school, if you're from the Northeast, you can get in one of those Halloween parties. We had mentioned that uh, on, if you go back to, to episode 11, too, where we talk about the, the Halloween party. But, you know, starting in August and, and running through really the, the beginning of, of November is the Food and Wine Festival, too. And I'm going to have to say the same thing again. The Epcot festivals are amazing. But this one really focuses, as its name says, on food and wine. And every year they up the game. The World Showcase, that walkway, is filled with little special kiosks from different countries that are normally not represented in the World Showcase. Each kiosk typically will have two to three snack-sized portions of something unique to try from that country, a dessert, a special beverage. If you're on a Disney meal plan, amazing, amazing stuff you can get with your snacks. And if you listen to our episode on the Disney dining plan, you'll hear how I really used it in food and wine to get so much value out of that meal plan because the food is just amazing. And I love that it's all that little portion size. So, you know, I might do seven snacks instead of dinner one day to try out a lot of things. And if you're a wine connoisseur or beer, They've got some great beverage seminars, tastings you can do. 
typically three to five tastings. And then they've got special food tastings, concerts, again, like we were talking about. Now we've got the Eat to the Beat concerts in the American Pavilion three times each evening. Um, And again, I tend to love the later concert. It's typically right before fireworks and it's gotten dark by the late ones. So I love kind of the effect on the stage when you don't have the sunlight and everything is lighting up and bright. Nothing better than a free concert. No, no, definitely not. And and you can see that lineup. That lineup um, is, is pretty fun to look at each year when they roll that out. That takes us August and into September, uh, you know, October and even parts of November, that festival, but Halloween as well. So September, there, there's one other thing that, that we didn't talk about. Obviously, you talked about in August how, you know, sometimes kids are going back to school in September. Everybody's pretty much back to school, right? So the crowds are just, they're, they're definitely lower in September. Crowds are super low, and I'll also say the one thing that probably nobody wants to hear, late August and September, you are in hurricane season, but I have to say, Disney, because it's inland, it rarely gets hit. Yes, it can impact flights, um, but Disney has an awesome hurricane policy, so they will definitely work with you if you need to adjust things. And again, that's a great time to have an agent so you're not sitting on hold for hours with Disney to make those kinds of adjustments. So we had talked about Halloween being, you know, starting in August, ending in October. You know, it's just a fun time to go. So let's talk about that time from October leading into November and then take us to November. So it's an awesome week to go if you love the holidays. If you arrive October 28th, 29th. You can be there for Halloween, catch the end of Halloween. And that first week in November, it's time for Christmas in the Magic Kingdom. So you can get Halloween, Christmas, and the Food and Wine Festival all in a seven-day period. It's awesome. And if you're from New Jersey, you can see everybody you know down there in Jersey Week, correct? So we (laughs) do have that reputation in Disney. It is called Jersey Week. Um, and for anybody who is not from Jersey, the reason that it's typically called that is Thursday and Friday, all of the public schools close for a convention. And it now mostly times with Tuesday being election day where our schools close. So parents who don't necessarily want to take their kids out of school for the week can take them out Monday and Wednesday. They don't have school Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday. And they get an entire week's vacation only taking their child out two days. So the state of New Jersey empties into Disney that week. Yes, a lot of Yankee hats visible in Walt Disney World that week. December is is where we're going to put the, 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 the bonnet on this thing, so to speak. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in December when it comes to the holidays. You can check out episode 29. We talk about it. But but break it down for us you know, pretty quickly. Why should we go in December? So the beginning of December actually starts with another one of those kind of unknown groups. The Pop Warner cheerleaders do their big convention, typically the first week in December. You're going to find that the value resorts are filled with kids. You might even have trouble getting a reservation if you didn't book far out. The values fill up first because it's less expensive when you're trying to put kids in a room. Might not want to go that week. Might want to kind of look around it. But it is full-on Christmas. The resorts start their decorating mid-November. It carries through to December. We talked about the Magic Kingdom starting Christmas in November. But Epcot, 
doesn't start until December. And it is among my favorite things is the candlelight processional. In Epcot, every day, there's going to be a celebrity narrator telling the story of Christmas. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. Um, Again, a free additional item in the American Pavilion three times a night. You can catch that different narrators every night all of the extra decorations and the Christmas feel. And if you're not from the Northeast and your child is dying for snow, you can check out the Magic Kingdom. They do make it snow on Main Street during the Christmas party and Christmas week. And as somebody who does get to experience snow, I promise you it's really not all that great. You're better off just going to Florida where it can be fake snow and you won't have to shovel it. The people, The reason people move from the Northeast to Florida is you can't shovel sunshine. That is very true. <laughs> now, the the downside that I will give you to December, yes, it can be hit and miss on the weather there, warm, cold, but there's always this misconception that nobody goes away for Christmas. And I have to tell you that the busiest day of the year in Disney is December 25th. One of the big advantages to being an on-site guest in Disney is they do what we call phase closing. As they're getting near capacity, they start saying, okay, we're on a level four closing or a level three. And so the last people not to be allowed entrance to a park are an on-site guest. If you're staying off-site, you're going to get turned away from entering the Magic Kingdom. Many years by 930, they're turning people away. Here's my thought, though. Even as an on-site guest, if I can get in, do I really want to get in at some place that's almost at capacity? I'm not sure that they're doing me a favor letting me in. So I do say to people, think carefully about that Christmas day. It's a phenomenal time to be there. If you're somebody who's gone to Disney multiple times and you'll go again, I love Christmas Day. You'll find me there many years on Christmas Day. But if it's a one and only trip for you, I would avoid Christmas to New Year's to avoid the crowds. Well, it's kind of like what you said, right? It depends upon what works for you. For some people, that will work. For others, it won't. Just like every other month that you mentioned here. Anything that we, that we missed, anything that last minute that you want to mention that we should, we should remember to tell folks about when the best time is to visit. As I said, the best time is when you can go because there is always magic. Sandy, thanks for taking the time this week. Thanks, Jeff. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share it. Have them like, have them subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.